Good morning. <clears throat> and welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike. And I still haven't posted any podcasts. So, unfortunately, they're going to be coming at you guys like a podcast avalanche. Uh, but feel free to spread them out, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know why I'm just, I guess, a lot of stuff in my mind this time of year. It's December, of course. What day in December is it? Good question. Let's see. It is December 11th. It's a Wednesday morning. December 11th, and it's uh, already been a pretty busy season. Um, this type of year, this time of year, uh, is always busy for us as educators because we have uh, different events and Christmas parties, and then as a musician, I've got Christmas gigs. Uh, I have to uh, practice for and perform, and, and it takes up a lot of my a lot of my mental energy. I suppose is the best way to say it. Performing does, not to mention all of the other parties, because pretty much all the parties, parties. <laughs> I don't know what a parfarty is, but it's probably something German. Pretty much all of the parties uh, are performances. That's what it was. Performance, parfarty. There you go. <laughs> Because uh, we always do some music And you know I do a little singing and, and Not that I worry about that too much But anyway Everything's kind of meshed together this year Specifically um, <clears throat> uh, The way things have turned out We're doing a Well I was invited to sing in a concert uh, Where I get to do some solo work uh, And and uh, also sing uh, some bass for the chorus. And then they asked us, would we like some of our students from our English school to come and sing some English Christmas songs uh, in the same performance? And every year we teach our kids uh, a Christmas song anyway, and then we perform it at the party that we have at the end of the year. But this means we could do still do that and then and then the kids could actually come and have a performance uh, at um, a bigger venue like for for other people where the parents could come and hear them sing and and uh, I think it's gonna be a really special time and I'm very excited about it um, it's gonna be an outdoor nighttime Christmas kind of light up almost a caroling kind of feel, but the stage is quite grand. Uh, it's a big stone venue, uh, big outdoor piazza or plaza, if you will, uh, in Hitachi City. And uh, I, I'm not sure I've performed there. I must have performed there at one point over the years, but I've seen performances there for sure. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're going to do that, and uh, it will uh, hopefully be a really nice thing. Um, but per preparing for performances like this um, with kids who are not, uh, not yet or not musicians <laughs> kind of takes a while, but the kids kind of attack it with this 
this, uh, you know, uh, blissful ignorance. Uh, they don't really know the pressure they're under, and they don't know how hard it is to learn, so they just learn it. And it's, it's wonderful to see how fresh their minds are and how quickly they pick up on stuff and how they just try it, you know. They're not so self-conscious that they're afraid to put it out there. Uh, and I wish I was more that way, uh, for sure. Oh, sorry, I've got this. This fan is turned up. I'll turn it down. Sorry about that. It's on the feet, so maybe that'll be all right. Um, so, yeah, we're getting ready for this performance, and the, the kids are doing pretty well. We've got about, I guess, a little less than two weeks. It's on the 21st, so we got 10 days from today. Um... And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so all of that stuff combined with, uh, you know, normal work stuff. And then you have family Christmas to prepare for. And, of course, we just got out of Thanksgiving, which I don't know if I talked to you about it, but we had about 65 guests at our home for Thanksgiving, which was crazy. Um, somewhere around 50 pounds of turkey. <laughs> Uh, we cooked for everybody and everybody chipped in and, and we had a wonderful feast and uh, Cam completed my outdoor deck so that we were able to have an outdoor fire pit and outdoor seating which helped with the larger number of people who came um, and yeah it was it was a good time but it still kind of takes it out of you right it, it kind of knocks the wind out of you a little bit um and so, yeah, it's just event after event this time of year, um, up until Christmas. And then it's, it's usually pretty chill unless we do our annual New Year's gig. So this year we're planning on doing a Christmas party, and we haven't even talked about doing a New Year's party, but usually something happens at our house on New Year's Eve, almost always. Uh, a smaller, you know, less crazy thing, but, but we do... A, uh, a little New Year's bash as well sometimes. And in our community, it seems like we're we're growing tighter together and doing more together, and it's sort of starting to be quite organic and natural and normal for us to, to eat and share our meals together um, several days of the week. And it, it's a wonderful way to see how our community is starting to kind of work together. Um, I think I mentioned we have a a new a new family that that has come in, uh, Cam and and uh, Ayami Hartman and their two lovely kids, <laughs> but they have really added some energy uh, and and are filling a much needed uh, role and space in our community, <clears throat> and they're incredibly open and welcoming people. So uh, it it makes it a lot of fun just to, you know, be able to have dinner together and to share a meal and, and, you know, just enjoy each other's homes. And yeah, it's really, it's really great. I'm kind of getting off track here, um, about the holidays, but anyway, um, because of all of the hubbub and the rush and the pressure, it's hard, it's hard, right, to remember 
what Christmas is all about sometimes. It's, it's challenging, even for us for us who who uh, you know believe that <laughs> quote unquote Jesus is the reason for the season. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to get back to Advent today. Uh, last last week we did a podcast on hope, which was based on the prophets. Uh, and then today we're going to do one of faith, um, and it's often sometimes called, I think it, especially in the Catholic tradition, the Bethlehem candle, right? The one on faith. Um, and so. Let's talk about faith. Uh, we haven't always done a faith. We've done hope, peace, joy, and love. This year, I think we're going to do hope, peace. Uh, sorry, hope, faith, joy, and peace. I think is how maybe we'll do it. Uh, so today, so today's about faith. The faith, yeah, faith. Did I say peace? I meant faith. Uh, the Bethlehem candle is about faith. Um, so let's talk about Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a small town, a village really, uh, outside of Jerusalem, maybe, maybe an hour's walk, maybe less. Uh, I want to say it's on the south, southwest of Jerusalem just a bit. I could be totally wrong about that. But that, in my image, that, that's where it is. A little bit south and a little bit west. Um, maybe if I get a chance, I will look that up real quick. Um, and it's called the Town of David. And I've never quite understood why we call it the Town of David. Um... But be that as it as it may, it is it is uh, associated with David, King David. Um, you know, we could just ask Siri right here. That would be really cool. Bethlehem of Galilee. I don't think that's it. I don't think we want Bethlehem of Galilee. Bethlehem of Judea. Hmm. Yeah, apparently there's more than one Bethlehem. Oh, that can't be it either. There's a lot of Bethlehems apparently in the Holy Land. <coughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna waste too much time on that, but uh, but if I remember correctly, it's not too far. Now, people that lived in Bethlehem. Um, oh wait, maybe I'm thinking of Bethel. I may be thinking of Bethel. 
Yeah, it's true. I may, I may be totally wrong about where Bethlehem is. I, I think I'm thinking of um, the town where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. Um, which I've probably talked about before. Uh, there's a book on, on that town the town that Jesus loved or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. Um, anyway, uh, Bethlehem uh, was prophesied to be the place where the Messiah would be born. Right? There's a famous prophecy. Um, and we called it the Christmas star, the star of Bethlehem. Um, because as... Uh, legend has it, the wise men followed that star until it, it shone over Bethlehem and shone over the specific place where, uh, where the, the baby Christ was, the child Christ was, depending on who you ask. Uh, and that's how they found him. So Bethlehem was prophesied to be the place where the Messiah would be born. So the people the people who were who were awaiting the Messiah uh, and awaiting uh, him to come uh, and deliver them from first the Babylonians and then the Romans, <clears throat> uh, they had hope that this would happen. But faith, uh, they needed to remain hopeful, right? They had to be faithful uh, in and out of many generations for some almost 500 years they awaited the coming of the Messiah and so many people were born uh, with this hope and died with this hope never seeing it come to fruition uh, and so remaining uh, remaining hopeful I think is what faith is all about going on as if it has already come true though it has not come true yet right uh, I guess, oh, sorry, I just hit the mic. I guess a definition of faith uh, that we have in, in Hebrews uh, is a good place to start. I think it's Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And so that assurance of things hoped for, being, being convinced that the thing that you are hoping for uh, in this case the promise that, that God would rescue his people the assurance that that's going to happen even though you haven't seen it happen yet that's what faith is right? it's, it's, it's believing in something uh, in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary I guess is one way to put that um, even in the darkest, uh, dreariest moments, the people of Israel still hoped that God would intervene, step in, and rescue them uh, from bondage. Uh, and so faith, faith is being sure that what you hope for will come true, uh, even though evidence doesn't seem to bear that out. Right, And so there were people in Judea in the time 
that Jesus was born, right? We call it usually the first century, right around the first century, uh, who remained faithful that it was going to happen. Uh, and this town, Bethlehem, uh, was was the town that everybody just knew it was going to happen even though it's a insignificant little town right there's there's no reason to think uh that this town would have any significant impact on you know political and religious events the temple wasn't there there really wasn't much going on there right it's not a very populated town um and so, yeah, the, the thought that anything big was going to happen there would, would not enter into most people's minds except for the prophecy, right? I think they would think it's probably Tel Aviv, is, or not Tel Aviv, Jerusalem is where the big, big events would happen, right? The temple, the temple mount, uh, that would be where the, the big events would happen, Uh but contrary to that notion, though some big things did happen there, obviously, uh, a lot of the big events prophesied uh, happened in the in the area around, in smaller areas, in the countryside, right? Um, and so, being being faithful to that prophecy and believing in that prophecy, even though nobody could could foresee how small little podunk Bethlehem would have anything to do with uh, the coming of God to earth, right, in the person of the Messiah. Uh, that, that's kind of the definition of faith, right? That, that's, that's, that's a great example of faith. Okay? And so the Bethlehem candle... Um, some of the people that I would say exemplify this faith uh, we find in Jerusalem uh, and two, two are specifically mentioned uh, and they meet Jesus as an infant when he's taken to the temple I think he was eight days old he's taken to the temple to be dedicated as the firstborn of Mary and Joseph uh were uh, Anna, right, the woman, and Simeon. And somehow they knew who Jesus was when they saw him. Maybe it's the Spirit of God in them. Maybe it's sheer luck. Um, maybe somebody told them, you know. Maybe there was a rumor about Mary and Joseph already. I don't, I doubt it, but I think it was the Spirit of God in them because of their faithfulness in believing in the promises of God, uh, they, their eyes were, were looking for, right? And I believe even, I think it was Simeon, it could have been Anna. One of them actually was told that they would not die before seeing the coming of God's chosen one. I think it was Simeon, but it could have been Anna. Um, but in any case, these people, though they, we don't know anything else about them. We don't know if they were wealthy or poor or, uh, we don't know a whole lot about them. But they were looking for, 
expecting, right? Um, ready because of their faith. They were ready when Jesus came and they saw him and they rejoiced. Right? They rejoiced because they knew that 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 the people would be delivered through this eight-day-old child. Um, <clears throat> faith is one of those crazy things, right? It's it's not well respected in today's world. Uh, let me explain. Today's world is quite uh, dry and all about evidence and proof, right? And research and uh, statistics and polling and all of this scientific, um, what do you call that? Anal analytical, right? Data analytics, right? So we don't really put a lot of trust in <laughs> trust in faith. That sounds kind of funny. We don't put a lot of trust in faith. We put trust in our ability to to harvest data and to be able to interpret the data to give us the knowledge that we need and to predict future events, whether it be weather or economic, um, you know, ups and downs, uh, social movements, uh, political. Uh, elections and all of this stuff, uh, all the way down to, to health and DNA, and we like numbers, and we we try to use these numbers, uh, and we put our hope in numbers and people who crunch them for us uh, to get the future. But back in this time, that that wasn't as much of a thing. I think, I think, of course, there was some predicting going on for what people thought would happen with this or that or, you know, a certain leader would come in. But more or less, I think people tended to just take life as it came to them, right? They didn't have much choice in that matter. They kind of had to take life as it, as it was imposed upon them and make the best with what they had. Uh, they didn't have... Uh, the internet and, and satellites to tell them what the weather was doing, they actually had to look outside, right? Uh, and they had to remember what had happened last year in similar events and years before that. And, and so it was basically historical record uh, that would help them predict, predict certain things, but their predictions um, were not anywhere near as accurate and so and so they did a lot of praying and believing that God or the gods depending on who we're talking about uh, had a lot of uh, influence and sway over those events now by and large we've as as a race of human beings we've lost that belief I think especially in the West that that God has anything to say uh, over such things that we can use just our human knowledge and ingenuity to predict those things. We don't need faith. Uh, we can just, you know, crunch our numbers and, and we have faith in those numbers. We don't need faith in God. And so today, faith, which blind faith to me is a misnomer because I think faith has to be blind. <laughs> if it's not blind faith, it's not faith. <clears throat> 
Um, but so faith is not really looked upon well. I think we, we're very suspicious of people who say they have faith uh, in God or faith in the promises of God. Um, it's not it's not part of our education to have faith, right? Not not outright. Uh, we're educated to to discern through science and math um, how our future will be determined, and, and to you know make the right moves, and and really to determine our own futures. Um, but there are still many promises that have been made through Jesus that have not come to pass, or many promises that have come to pass for others that are there's yet to come to pass for us individually or maybe even collectively <clears throat> that we can still have faith in and hope for and i think i think god rewards faith i want to be careful here uh i think god honors let's say honors faith maybe that's a better way to say it uh god honors our when we are when we faithfully believe that the things he has promised to do uh, or the, the goodness um, of God that, that we can lean into, right? I think he honors that faith. Um, not that he's not trying to do good for everybody, um, but somehow faith, I think, can become, our faith can become a tool that God uses to enact or implement those promises that he wants to implement. In other words, just as Paul says, you know, work out your own salvation, I believe God is working out everyone's salvation as well, right? He's, he's, he's tirelessly uh, working to, to pull the entire world together in a way uh, that will bring about the entire, the, the entire, the salvation of all. I'm sorry, I hit the mic again. I'm talking with my hands a lot today. Maybe it's that 12% Italian that's coming out of me. <laughs> Mamma mia. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think God honors faith. And I think faith is like fuel that, that allows God to... to do the things he already wants to do for us. Okay, it, it's not that God's withholding because we don't have faith. I think it's just the opposite. I think I think he's trying to do it, right? That, to say that God tries, I know, messes with a lot of people's minds, right? Um, but believe it or not, I, I think that God actually makes effort, right? Because he's, he doesn't work, again, this comes down to who you believe God to be his character, right? His modus operandi. He has proven himself to be a person who works with willing partners, not a person who forces his way in the world. He works with willing partners. And that takes a lot of background, you know, work, right? It takes a lot of campaigning and persuading and pleading and even begging uh, for
for people to cooperate for their own good. And God is involved in that process, right? He's involved in that process of bringing about the salvation of all mankind. And that's a lot of moving parts, dude. That's every person that has ever lived or will ever live, right? Or who lives now. We're talking about billions, billions of people, okay? Uh, and he is, he is working out the salvation of all, right? He's involved in every single case. And he is working with the powers that be as well with the individuals and the groups and the nations and the different churches and religions. He's working with it all. Even people who are not in churches and religions. He's working with atheists. He's, he's trying to work out the salvation of everybody because he does not want to lose even one sheep. And I think that's the story of the, the one lost sheep. Right? He does not want to lose even one. That he will drop everything to save even one. I think the 100 sheep represents the entirety of mankind. Okay? I don't believe God will lose even one. And that's because his will is to save everyone. And he is tireless. He doesn't give up. And he doesn't get tired, right? And his love is such uh, that he will he will work and work and work until he brings everybody into the fold in this life or the next. Okay. So God uses our faith. Our faith is not it's not just some feeling we have or some you know vague hope. It's fuel. It's fuel that, that adds to, to the, the movement of mankind toward uh, a wonderful goal. And that's where I see prayer comes in as well, right? Prayer, prayer is, is, is a, an outworking of your faith, right? The fact that you would pray means that you believe in the promises of God, the promise that says he hears you uh, and that he wants to do uh, what you ask for, right? That he wants to do what's best for us. <clears throat> of course, all of these work together, hope, faith, uh, prayer, peace, joy, and love, and, you know, all of these probably different aspects of the same of the same thing um, but faith is is believing in what you hope for even though you can't see it uh, and so I, I pray that you will um, this season as it you know gets colder and and you'll have opportunities to, to be in cozy situations with friends and family and and maybe even strangers that that somehow you will, your your peace will be infectious. Or, sorry, your faith, your faith. See what I mean? Your faith will be infectious. That that your faith will will rub off on other people. That that your unwavering belief uh, that God will fulfill His promises, come hell or high water. Um, 
I think I think faith will produce uh, peace and joy in you. Um, and so hold on to that hope that you have, and walk forward in peace uh, and faith. Um, I, I keep trying to put peace in the place of faith, uh, but I think peace will be our last our last candle. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys think about what I'm saying about faith and, and what your ideas of faith are. Uh, am I off base? Uh, maybe have I touched something that maybe opens a, another door that I haven't seen yet? Uh, I would love to know that. I'd love to hear that from you. Um, yeah, so this, this season um, and this week... Advent week of faith. I hope that you will, uh, yeah, exercise that. Um, that you will just decide to believe uh, that God, through Jesus, will fulfill His promises to all mankind, uh, and that He will never give up, uh, and that what He desires for us will come to pass. <laughs> Not based on what we do. Um, but because God just doesn't give up. There's no quit. There's no quit in God. And that's what we, that's what we see in the cross, that he will go to no, uh, he will leave no stone unturned. Even if he has to die a, a cruel and horrible, tortuous death, uh, he will do everything he can to convince you that he is trustworthy. That he has nothing but your best interest at heart. And that he will stop at nothing until he brings you into the fold and into final peace. So hold on to that faith. Hold tight to it. Exercise it. Right? When you find yourself uh, getting down or sad or just despairing uh, try to remember his promises and and look forward as, as Simeon and Anna did right whoa what is going on here this is crazy there's a lot of people here at the kindergarten I have no idea what's going on This spot. Oh, I need to get my guitar out, don't I? Um, yeah, apparently a lot of parents here today. I'm not sure what's going on. I guess I'll find out at some point. So, yeah, just as Anna and Simeon, uh, who continued to go to the temple and pray, believing that God would fulfill his promises in their lifetime. Um, look for that, you know, look for that. And, and, and don't, don't let your, your faith hinge on whether he performs something in some time frame that you've come up with. Uh, that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, but, but to walk, to walk believing that, that God will do what he's promised to do, uh, I think will 
will improve your life. You know, it's, and I'm not saying to do it for that. Um, there's a lot of things that can bog us down in this life. And that's what I started talking about here is all this stuff that we have to do this, this season, you know, not to mention all the pressures of being a parent and a business owner and, and, uh, you know, a, uh, an elder in the church and all of, you know, all the stuff that may be kind of coming up in my life. Um, I'm not really an elder. I, I don't have a title and I don't want a title. But that's kind of the direction I feel that God's calling me is to be kind of a, a pastor uh, in the in the elder in the elder way, not in the preacher way. But um, there's a lot of stuff that can come up and take away the joy of this season. Um, but if we will continue in faith, I think faith will produce joy in us. So goodbye. Thank you for listening, and uh, enjoy this week of faith.